the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto thee, O Lord our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The story of the wise men or the three kings, actually the group of astrologers, this story is an important story. Matthew includes it in his gospel and in so doing helps us to see the fulfillment of Hebrew scripture prophecy, but also helps us to understand a little bit about who this Jesus is. Three gifts are brought before him. Gift of gold, a gift befitting a king. Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Gift of frankincense, a gift befitting a priest. Jesus is the high priest, our intermediary. He's the one who stands between us and God and well, a gift of myrrh, a gift given to a child born to die, his life given as a sacrifice for ours. It's an important story that helps us to understand something about who Jesus is. And as such, it's become an important part of our Christmas celebrations. The story is pretty simple, really. A group of astro astrologers far, far away were stargazing when they saw a star rise, a star that they had never seen before. And that star beckoned them to go, to follow it. And don't be mistaken here about how it is that the Holy Spirit was at work in that moment, because in seeing that star, they knew it was the announcing the birth of a king. And so they gathered their gifts to lay before a king, even as they put together their caravan and they headed out on their long long journey, a journey that took months and months and months before they finally arrived in Jerusalem. The star brought them that far, but now they needed a little bit of help to make it all the way to the baby Jesus. So they went to the palace of King Herod to ask where this, the Messiah was to be born. The king inquired of his Hebrew prophets who said, Bethlehem. Meanwhile, the king himself was plotting the demise of the child because there would be only one king of Israel and that king would be him. He told the astrologers the king was to be born in Bethlehem and to go. And when they found this child, to send word to him so he too could go and pay the child homage. But the astrologers weren't fools. They could see death in his eyes. They knew what he was up to. They went to Bethlehem, found the child. They kneeled down before the child. They laid their gifts before him. And then they got up and left. They departed on a different road in order to avoid King Herod. And that's the story. That's the story. It ends kind of abruptly. I mean, I don't know about you, but I always wish there was a little bit more to the story. I, I, for one thing, I'd like to know what happened to the astrologers after that? You know, how did their lives change by having knelt before this baby Jesus? We already know that the birth of this child had made a huge impact on their lives. They traveled for months and months and months in order to lay these gifts before him. But now as they departed, I wonder... How is it that they 
lived out the change this baby made in their lives. How did they live out that change? We'll never know. But we do know that faith in this Jesus always results in change in our lives. In the Gospel of Matthew, the seventh chapter, we heard Jesus say, not everybody who cries, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who do the will of my Father. Faith is something that always shows itself. It's something that always shows itself in some way. How is your faith showing itself? Remember, ours is a covenant faith. A faith built on promises. God promises to us, we promise to God. When we come to the faith, when we become a Christian, we are brought into this covenant relationship. <clears throat> and it's within the covenant that we then grow in our faith. Within this covenant, God keeps promises. The birth of Jesus was the fulfillment of lots of promises. A new covenant that we're invited to be a part of, where we're adopted in to become children of God, part of God's family. Now, we all know what it's like to be a part of a family. We all were born into one. Some of us blessed to be born into healthy families. In a healthy family, the adults take care of the kids, right? Whether it's parents or grandparents or extended family or foster parents or adoptive parents, it's the grown-ups who take care of the children. And just in receiving children, there is a promise that is implicit, a responsibility that we are to fulfill, and we know that. Our responsibility as the grown-ups toward children is to care for them, to nurture them in the faith, to provide for them, to do our best to protect them, to teach them, and to help them to grow up into healthy and happy and faithful people. And Jerry and I have been blessed to, to help raise nine children. And we've been intentional about living out our promises to our children. Responsibilities that we have rooted in the promises that hold a family together. We've been intentional about trying to live out our promises. And when it comes to family life, it is easy to see when the grown-ups are living out their promises. It's also easy to see when the grown-ups are failing at their responsibilities. We can see it. What's harder to see is how it is that the children live out their promises. At first, as a child, we simply receive. We, we receive a lot because there's not a whole lot we can do. But little by little, we start to grow up. And as we start to grow up, we're able to take on some responsibility. We're able to take on our part of the responsibility within the family, responsibilities born in, from the promises that hold the family together. So too in our faith. When we first become a Christian, we simply receive a lot. 
grace upon grace upon grace, God bringing us to the faith, God bringing, offering to us forgiveness, new life in Christ Jesus. We just keep receiving grace. And it's the way it's supposed to be because we're babies. We're babies in the faith. But by the grace of God, we start to grow from babies toward maturity. And as we grow, we are able to carry out the responsibility that is ours to the family. A responsibility that is rooted in promises that hold the family together. These promises include us caring for one another, spending time with one another, developing relationships as sisters and brothers in Christ, but also spending time with God in prayer. These responsibilities, they include us learning about our family and what it means to belong to our family through the study of Scripture. These promises include us using our resources, our time, our abilities, our money, using them to be about the family business, caring for one another, extending that care beyond us to others, doing our part to expand the family by inviting others to become a part of it while caring for those who are most fragile and in need of assistance, the family business. It's the responsibility of those who are growing up in the faith. Well, 2017 is coming to an end. 2018 is upon us. What better time than now to think about this kind of stuff? About how it is that we are going to work to fulfill our responsibility to the family. About how it is that we are going to live out the changes that Jesus has made for us in our lives. To ask that question, how is it with my soul? A year from now, I'm going to stand up before you and I'm going to ask you the same question. How is it with your soul? And if at that time you'd like to be able to say, 2018 is a year where I grew in my faith and in my faithfulness, then what does that mean to this day? What's your next step in your own spiritual formation? What's your next step? Maybe your next step is to spend, to focus more attention on prayer and in that relationship with God. Or maybe your next step is to spend some time reading Scripture, studying God's Word. Maybe your next step is to join a community group and to work on developing relationships with other Christians and, and to grow in faith in that kind of way. Maybe your next step is to join a ministry or to start a new one. But what is your next step? I invite you to spend a little time reflecting upon that. To think about it. A few moments. Maybe today. Maybe spend a few days thinking about it, reflecting upon it. How is it that in 2018, I'm going to live out the change that Jesus has made for me in my life?
as we're thinking about it. I invite us to begin by praying. Praying a prayer that John Wesley wrote a long, long time ago. Part of his covenant renewal service. Will you join me in prayer? I am no longer my own, but thine. Put me to what thou wilt. Rank me with whom thou wilt. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen and amen.